Hi, welcome to Journey to Wholeness. The purpose of me creating this podcast is because I want to document my journey to wholeness and specifically regarding to singleness. I think often there's a phase in singleness where singles often feel like this is a curse. Why am I single? I hate being single. This is awful. I'm so desperate for a mate. It's kind of like Adam is running around looking for his rib. Where is my rib? And Adam is not asleep. And obviously, I'm a woman, so I can't be Adam exactly. But let's say if I was the representation of Adam, I would literally be looking around, where is my rib? And I've been doing that because of the voids in my heart coming from a very traumatic childhood and upbringing, right? And I would just say, I started really embracing and enjoying singleness, I would say, during this past year. Ironically, it was during COVID when I was able to begin to really love singleness and really enjoy, wow, being single is actually a blessing, a gift from God. It's a time where I can have undivided devotion to God, right? That is so amazing. But I also empathize with singles who are going through that phase where singleness is a burden, it isn't a blessing. Perhaps it's just when you're very, very young and you see everyone in relationships and you feel like there's a hole in your heart and relationships at that point seem very, very appealing. Like it can really fulfill you. And finding the other half, which society calls people the other half, is going to complete you. But then after a while, when you grow older, you realize that person you marry will never be able to complete you. You guys are whole people coming together to reunite and, you know, walk along side by side for the rest of your life. That person isn't supposed to be half a human being. That person is supposed to be a complete pair of shoes while you're another complete pair of shoes and you're walking side by side it's not that there's a pair of shoe one shoe is missing and there's another shoe and you guys are just lopsided shoes you know walking side by side you guys actually have to be complete and whole before getting married otherwise you will marry someone that is honestly not good for you because you're looking for someone to meet your needs versus someone you choose to be with because you actually enjoy this person right or just have the same calling it's just i need i'm hungry like let's say if you have a basic need and it's like water you're thirsty well then everything that remotely resembles water looks appealing even if it's like diarrhea on the floor because you're so desperate for water so once that desperation is gone you're actually logical and choosing who you want to be with not just my emotions because emotions aren't love i used to think that love is butterflies in the stomach sweaty palms i can't stop thinking about you you're my moon you're my stars you're my sun i used to think that was love but now i realize those are symptoms of obsession symptoms of being crazy symptoms of being insane 
those are actually really negative symptoms and if you have those symptoms i would say go get help because you're struggling with obsession because when you're younger and you never experience any feelings of love in your home raise your hand if you had a really hard upbringing i know i did and i thought the moment i felt this intense pull of attraction it really awakened such strong emotions i didn't know how to deal with it i was like is this love what is this it's not love it's it's just a feeling that you have and you'll have that same strong pull towards many people before you meet your god-ordained husband it's normal to feel like you found the one every time you have a strong emotion but all your life you've been denied love so you really have to let god heal that little girl inside of you who lost her mother who lost her father who saw her dad you know take drugs get drunk sleep with other women or you saw your mom doing all those terrible things you just have to heal from it so you will not be looking for someone that reminds you of your parents or purposely dating someone who doesn't remind you of your parents because you haven't healed from your childhood you see how that's really important do you understand why i often emphasize like please get healing because if you don't get healing you're really not dating with the eyes of your current self you're dating through the eyes of the little child inside of you and when you're three years old four years old you just want a clown you want someone funny and you want someone good looking i mean clowns aren't good looking but you know what i mean you're just looking for someone that can be this object that you can carry around perhaps to ease your rejection i know for one i had to forgive a lot of people because every time i imagine myself with my future spouse i close my eyes and there are a row of people sitting in the audience and that row of people represented people that hurt me when i was little people i felt rejected by and i had to keep asking the holy spirit to soften my heart towards those people and to help me forgive them and let me forgive them so that way when i'm picking someone it isn't because of rejection and one thing i realized how rejection manifested was well i really want someone culturally or by society standards is very good looking so i can tell everybody hey this is my man look at y'all who rejected me look at what i got now and do you know the bible says vengeance is mine so the thing is i learned that i was so hurt by the people who hurt me that i wanted to hurt them by showing them how i was doing when god says he'll present you at the table of your enemies he wants you to love those enemies not to hurt them not to brag not to make them feel like they're less than you're supposed to love the people that hurt you joseph blessed his brothers who betrayed him and sold him off to slavery that's a big calling so for god when he elevates you he wants you to bless those who hurt you he has elevation for you isn't for you to gloat around and wear a crown and pretend you're the queen of this palace it's to really humble yourself and to love the people he has called you to for example queen esther she rose from orphan to queen and it was for a time like this to save god's people 
God didn't just allow her to be queen for her to be selfish and live a glamorous life. It was for her to be used by God to love the people, the Jewish people. She delivered her people. She was God's deliverer. And so when God sets you free from your past, I don't care what you have done. That means God wants you to be able to use that freedom to give other people that freedom, you know? Too much is given, much is asked for, right? Too much is given, much is asked for, right? I've been given a lot. I receive freedom from my past, and it's been a very hard past. But God allowed me to be free, and it's not for me to be selfish and live a good life. Yeah, He wants me to enjoy life, but often I have to pray and ask God, why? Am I so blessed to have freedom? You know, I don't deserve freedom more than the person next door to me. Why do I have the privilege of being free? And that's only God's grace and mercy. But yeah, I'm still in this season where I'm learning not to put too much pressure and trying to figure it, it out all at once. And tonight I read this verse from Proverbs 27. Verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring, right? And I think sometimes, especially lately, I've been so worried because yet last week was officially the first week of classes from where I am at. And it was very stressful because I had a four-month summer break. That was amazing. But now adjusting from a four-month summer break to going back to intense study schedule, intense ministry schedule is very, very hard. And I was very stressed out because I couldn't seem to find the grace because I kept thinking about well, I can't wait till I graduate because obviously God is a God of order. And if I don't graduate, I'm not going to be able to meet my God ordained husband until I finish my thesis, until I finish my program. But today when I went to my, not my blood sister's home, but someone I consider very close to me, her husband actually corrected my mindset and said, you're putting a condition on God's promise. God never promised this based on that conditional factor. And that really spoke to me because I always thought, well, you know, everything is conditional upon the fact that I have to graduate. And that put so much pressure on me because I thought that I must 100% graduate and I feel so insecure about my major as it is. So I couldn't imagine like me messing up not being able to graduate and ruining my own promise because i thought everything's upon my shoulders but the bible says that nothing is guaranteed through that verse that we shouldn't boast about tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow brings right and that reminds me that i don't know what tomorrow brings i really don't know and you don't know either and so yeah, I'm learning to find the grace of this season. Every season has its own unique graces, and it's like a scavenger hunt trying to figure out what is the grace that God has bestowed on me during this year, right? Or during this season. And I guess for me personally, is that in the country I live in right now, they're finally allowing students to be able to go off campus. We, st- how, we, we have to apply a 
day before and get the teacher's approval but still we are allowed to go off campus and that's such a blessing because I'm the type of person who loves to study in coffee shops I actually don't really like studying inside my own room so that was a problem during COVID but God still provided so I think I'm just going to lean on the grace of being able to study in a coffee shop And the reason why I was so anxious lately was because I was trying to figure out what am I going to do after this program and how can I do everything perfectly so I'm guaranteed to graduate. So my focus became how can I graduate versus how can I honor God during today? How can I honor God today? It became future, future, future. How do I graduate? And now it's trying to, I'm trying to reorient myself back to how do I love and serve and honor God and glorify God today with the resources I have? How do I love, honor, glorify God today with the resources I have? And so I guess I'll leave you with that. How are you going to honor, glorify God with the resources you have, especially as a single person? And I think one last tidbit. I feel like the church often pressures singles to give all your time to ministry and service when you're single and that makes you feel like you can't do other things and other things are less worthwhile besides doing ministry and so I want to challenge that and say that whatever you eat, whatever you drink, do for the glory of God. So even if you're not necessarily opening up a huge ministry event, doing 100 Bible studies, discipling 300 girls, you're still doing something worthy in God's eyes because you're serving God. Like studying is a way of serving God. Um, Going to class is a way of serving God. Being in your room in silence is a way of serving God. It isn't just having to be with people. Like There's a way to serve God by just being still, right? And I think that really challenged me because I'm the person who always thought serving God meant I have to go and do amazing miracles and life-changing things through God's power. That is only when I'm serving God, but when I'm reading the Bible and I'm quiet, like I'm not serving God. But maybe that's a wrong mindset because maybe reading the Bible and being quiet before God is just as valuable, just as worthy as sharing the gospel to a bunch of people. It's just as magnificent as studying in the coffee shop all day and worshiping God in studies. So I think it's remembering whatever I do, I'm doing it for God's glory. But it is difficult because we live in a society where we focus so much on the big Instagram moments, not necessarily the small hidden moments and or the moments that you can write about. You don't really write about today I studied in the coffee shop. That's not really interesting, right? But you can write about wow I went to ten mission trips and I saved the loss and this person who was blind now can see and I saw someone being raised from the dead and I saw demons come out of this person. There are stories and testimonies you can talk about when you see those situations like that. But in terms of I studied today, that that seems really boring, right? Or 
I went outside and took a walk today. That doesn't seem very interesting. And so even when we write as a writer, it's easy for me to want to only share those highlight moments. But other parts of my life are just as valuable, even if I'm not being Jesus, you know, or trying to be like Jesus, right? It's still valuable to God. And I'm still learning that because it's hard, especially in this season where I just want to focus on the end. And the more I focus on the end, anxiety rises up. But the more I focus on, okay, what if there might not be tomorrow? What if I live like tomorrow may never come? And then the perspective changes, well, then I'm going to enjoy today. Perhaps it is going to a coffee shop. Perhaps today I'm just going to be still before the Lord. Perhaps I'm going to live like I might not get this degree. So that changes my perspective from putting all the pressure on myself. I have to graduate. I have to be perfect because everything is on me. No, it's not on me. It's on God's grace and mercy. And as a perfectionist or recovering perfectionist, it's still very hard for me to grasp mercy. So I'm, I'm very hard on others. I'm hard on myself. That's something I'm still learning to give up to God. So yeah, I guess I'll leave you with what are, what is the, ugh, how are you glorifying God and loving God through every part of your day? Whether it's studying, whether it's eating, whatever, whether it's drinking, how are you loving God more?